podcast. I am Camilla, your high vibe advocate. Give me 15 minutes and I will give you a high vibe world. I'm taking this wonderful Kabbalah class in Portuguese with Rita Cohen-Wolf, a Brazilian-Israeli woman who does virtual classes from Israel. And today our topic was o sono e os sonhos, which literally translates to the sleep and the dreams. I was actually pretty fascinated by what she said, which was a mix of spirituality from the Kabbalistic beliefs and Freudian psychology, which talked about the role of the id and the ego and the superego, um, you know, the, the role that they play in our dreams. So I decided to dedicate today's podcast episode to this topic. One question that she posed to us that left me wondering the answer was whether sleep is meant to rest the body or rest the soul? Like, do we sleep to rest our body and to, or to rest our soul? And it turns out that our body would only need about 20 minutes of rest to recharge. Not to mention that there are numerous times when uh, we sleep many, many, many hours only to wake up still tired and lacking energy. So why would that be? And perhaps it is because our soul didn't get the rest or the energy boost that it needed. And as my teacher Rita suggested, perhaps it's because of all the layers that we are wearing. You know, the layer of anxiety and stress and fear and judgment and guilt and many other impacts of being human and living the human experience. But the question remains, how do we peel off those layers? And maybe the unconscious mind has the answer. In the Kabbalistic tradition, dreams are prized as the key that unlocks the spiritual door leading to the path of greater wisdom. So our dreams carry messages to unleash healing, creativity, and personal fulfillment. But usually dreams are not so clear, or they make no sense at all, or they're nightmarish in nature, right? According to Kabbalah, Sleep is one sixtieth of death because the soul leaves the body, and it's also one sixtieth prophecy because in that separation of soul and body, the soul reveals things that the unconscious mind cannot perceive or doesn't even know. And Freud says that dreams are the realization of wishes, but how can that be when some dreams are so awful and absolute nightmares? So the answer to that may lie in the role of the id the ego, and the superego. Because you see, the id is our subconscious. The ego is the self. The superego is the self-critical conscience. So the ego acts as the mediator between the subconscious id and the self-critical conscience superego. When we dream, the ego hides the true wishes of the superego, you know, or from the superego to avoid the nightmares that those wishes can trigger if the superego gets involved. So the id is basically just kind of like being itself. Like, for instance, suppose that 
you are attracted to a coworker, but you are happily married and you love your spouse and you would never want to hurt your spouse. So your subconscious mind is not necessarily bound to the rules of monogamy that society dictates and therefore it doesn't see anything wrong in feeling how it feels. And that's the id. So the id just feels, right? So if it was left to control your dreams, you may have naughty dreams of getting together with your coworker. But that may leave you feeling guilty in the morning once your superego is alert and remembers that dream. Meanwhile, your ego, knowing how your superego feels about this, will camouflage that feeling and may instead disguise the dream with symbols and strange scenarios that do not involve the naughtiness or even any encounter, but that in reality still showcases that feeling that the id is having. It's just doing what it can for your conscience not to get involved. You know, it's just disguising the id's feelings from the superego. Nightmares, therefore, under this analysis happen when the superego sees the id's true feelings manifesting in a dream, even despite the ego's best efforts to mediate and disguise them, and it turns them into a nightmare. So you may be tempted to buy a dream dictionary to interpret dreams or to have them reveal symbols of concrete messages to you, but that is actually likely not how any of this works. Because although some people do share recurring dream elements, most of us have unique dreams that apply only to what's been going on in our own lives. And people often unconsciously try to de deconstruct relationships with loved ones or those that, we, that have died, which is a process that can take place while we're dreaming. Like the bumblebee pendant that your late grandmother gave you might keep popping up in your dreams. But the explanation for why it's popping up in your dreams, likely won't be in a dream dictionary. You must find the significance of that imagery on your own. And it's not about looking into a dream dictionary from A to Z and saying a bird means this and a tree means that. It's actually being able to see how everything ties together with everything else through a particular sequence of dreams. There's only one problem though. We don't always remember our dreams. And in order to interpret your dreams, you need to remember them, which is a process that proves very difficult for many people. And I personally keep a journal with a pen ready, and I may actually start keeping a good old recording device near my bed to keep detailed notes about my dreams as soon as I wake up. And I also realize that when I wake up more slowly with minimal movement as opposed to jolting out of bed when the alarm sounds, that also helps me remember my dreams better. And there's also something called lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming is the act of controlling your dreams while you're in them. But remembering what you've dreamed in great detail is a vital step before attempting lucid dreaming, primarily because if you cannot visualize your dreams, then you'll have a very difficult time controlling them. So um, when attempting to inhabit and control your own dreams, you first need to realize that you're dreaming, right? And one thing that you can do to do that is to rely on a trigger to help you recognize when you are asleep, you know, because sometimes you can't tell between dreams and reality. So whether it's a movement or an object that you can focus on while meditating, it could be anything like the snapping of your finger or hitting a chime, you know, it's, it's something that you should practice while you are awake so that you can, as the saying goes, do it in your sleep. 
And there are also supposedly sleep masks on the market that facilitate lucid dreaming through lead-like cues and subtle vibration. I mean, I never try them, but maybe they work. I've been trying not to buy things that I don't need and that may be gimmicks, but maybe it's not a gimmick. Now, if you're able to have lucid dreams, then you might be able to alter the past in different landscapes. Maybe even be able to bring more close friends into your dream as well. And maybe you can fly. I mean, mainly what you should do is follow the story of your dreams because then you can see what your own subconscious is trying to tell you. Lucid dreaming is possible and it may be a process or a way to further interpreting your own subconscious. And it could be a remarkable experience when you have that conscious creativity to lucid dream and to reshape your reality in a lot of ways. The cool thing that I personally have been able to do in my dreams is communicate with people that I'm no longer speaking with in real life for whatever reason. So whether it's because of a falling out or simply I no longer know where they went and I have no way to contact them, it's a nice way of bringing people together. It's been remarkable to me how I have been uh, able to use this strategy only to be then contacted by that person randomly like after years of not having seen them and then hear that they are reaching out to me because I was in their dreams lately or to find out that they have reached out or well, they have reached out and then I find out later when we're talking that I have been appearing in their dreams. And it's what I call soul-to-soul communication. And I personally do it through a type of bedtime meditation. And maybe another time I can actually do a guided version of it for you so that you can see what that's like. And maybe it can help you if you have you know, someone that you're trying to reach out to, but you don't feel comfortable reaching out to them yet, or maybe they are the ones that are supposed to reach out to you first because they told you not to contact them. Whatever the situation is, that is a really good way to contact people through your dreams. But to conclude what I have learned today in my Kabbalah class, um, I learned that to, that dreams are a portal to our subconscious mind and to our soul and that it is a way to predict or review or even change behavior and um, even by doing that we can also change our destiny. So get on dreaming and start journaling and that way maybe you can see patterns and receive messages from your true self which I'm sure your true self is trying to send you. And that is all we have for today. Thank you for being with me and listening to me and for being a part of my journey. I am Camilla, your High Vibe Advocate. Looking forward to your outreach at HighVibeAdvocate.com and your follow on Instagram at HighVibeAdvocate. And as always, looking forward to our next meeting right here on my channel. See you next Wednesday. Maybe. Maybe.